0: My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. (laughs) Plenty of excitement last Saturday. Plenty of excitement. Truvo's fraternal organization, the Improved Order of Heptasovs, Lodge 23, held its annual talent show, and oh, if it didn't stir controversy, seems word leaked out that one of the acts could be a mite contentious. Delightful to some, not so much to others, or so the grapevine inferred. Well, I'd no opinion this way or that, but as was my habit... I attended this year's performance and can explicate what transpired. Now, the Haptisovs, they're a jolly bunch, brimming with good fellowship. Not a member myself, but many's the time they've hosted me, proffering ale and a zestful game of rummy. Charitable, too, with their clothing drives and toy drives and food drives and just about any kind of drive you can think of. You dream up a drive, they'll likely do it. Anyway... "'Come Saturday night, and we're in the James Mori Henson High School Auditorium, "'where yearly the show is held. "'They typically draw a healthy crowd, the heptasophs, and tonight was no exception. "'But I noticed that, in fact, the audience was even larger than usual. "'We had been joined, I apprehended, by members of the Zare County Baptist Church, "'including the Reverend J. Pearson Haynes himself.' I recognize said congregants and their spiritual leader because, as I've previously recounted, I briefly attended their chantry following a minor misunderstanding at my usual house of worship. You may also recall that the bulk of the Zare County votaries are, unlike yours truly, African-American. And by bulk, I mean 100% which led to another minor misunderstanding during a discussion of slavery reparations that prompted the reverend to suggest I seek yet another ministry even farther away. But water under the bridge, I say, and I lifted the palm in greeting to Reverend Haynes, who repeated the gesture, though perhaps with less enthusiasm than one might expect from a man of the cloth. Even so... "'I approached the good reverend to express how pleased I was "'that his congregation had taken such an interest in a local troubo entertainment. "'We attend not for pleasure,' intoned he, in that impressively sonorous voice of his. "'No, Brother Gray, we have been apprised of a possible affront to racial sensitivities "'at this very performance, and we are here to audit, not enjoy.' "'Oh,' says I, "'well, I'll be sitting just over there.' near the exit sign and with that i returned to my seat anyway the show began and it all seemed harmless enough first up was a genuine jug band featuring banjo washboard jews-harp and wash-tub bass not to mention the jug itself Jasbo Stomp and Little Green Slippers were their selections, and so enthusiastic was the performance, May and Georgie Floyd had no choice but to jump into the aisle for some flatfoot dancing. Why, the whole auditorium was on their feet at the end, applauding a striking start to the festivities. Next came Mervyn Clay, who regaled us with a stand-up comedy routine. Funny? Funnier than a funny radio show, that's how fine he was. "'My wife's so addle-brained,' said he, "'she sold corn for $3.50 a bushel when she could have got $3.80. "'My wife's so lazy, she asked for a dishwasher.' "'And so on and so forth, punctuating each bon mot "'with what's known in the show business as a tagline. "'But what's that got to do with the price of eggs,' he'd say. "'Say it after each quip.' "'My wife's so ugly, the beauty parlor gave her her money back. "'But what's that got to do with the price of eggs? "'My wife's such a bad cook. "'The pigs are on a diet. "'But what's that got to do with the price of eggs? "'Very hilarious, though for some reason his better half, "'the dear Eleanor, did not join in the crowd's cacinations. "'Perhaps she had a toothache, I don't know. "'But whatever the ailment, it surely soured her mood "'because I heard that Mervyn slept outside the home that night.' Fine reward for a comedic victory, and humph to that. Now, the third performer, that was Roger Putney, and his talent was varnishing a table. Varnishing a table, you say? What kind of act is that? Well, a real fine one, as it turned out. See, we're a practical people, we mid-Southerners, and amelioration of our household skills, well, that's something we relish.' So we loved Roger's offering, especially the walnut stain, and offered beaucoup kudos come the end. Then came act number four, Caleb Fry's yearly recitation of the Charge of the Light Brigade. Now we never tire of it, Caleb's annual declamation, for with each show he only gets better. When first he began to perform said quatrain some twenty-odd years ago, he was stiff and awkward, but with repetition his oration has become quite lively. "'Forward the light brigade! Charge for the guns!' cried he, galloping across the stage as if by stallion. "'Flashed all their sabers bare, flashed as they turned in air, sabering the gunners there,' he expounded, wielding a hickory cane like a slashing blade." By Epic's end, there wasn't a dry eye in the house, with even the good Reverend Haynes piping his orbs with a handkerchief. But the fifth performance, a sketch entitled In Days of Yore, that's where the wrinkle emerged, with only the expeditious intervention of your correspondent, Farmer Gray himself, averting certain disaster. T'was the invention of Lyle Roche, this routine. Lyle, a 25-year member of the Heptasofts, semi-annual blood donor and home brewer of craft beer. Lyle, proprietor of Roche temperature control, ready to brave sub-freezing temperatures should your furnace quit midwinter. Lyle, of quotidian habits and anodyne pleasures, not the type to foment a rumpus, or so you'd imagine. But on this night, well, all in good fun, he thought. But the attendees were divided. So out steps Lyle in costume, ninety-nine percent of which, ninety-nine percent, surely sidestepped offense, striped jacket with wide, sharp lapels, white dress trousers, a natty red bow tie, and an old-fashioned top hat acquired from where I do not know. The only element that might spark disputation was as follows. Lyle's rather liberal application of shoe, of shoe polish to his Caucasoid visage. That's right, dear listeners, our Lyle was in blackface. And the reaction? Decidedly mixed, ranging from outright laughter to suppressed guffaws and, from the Zare County contingent, hoots and catcalls so vociferous were the last with reverend haynes and his congregants leaping from their seats to hurl their verbal brickbats that we the citizens of trouvaux feared for progression of the talent show so it was that i had little choice but to intervene for i am a farmer and a farmer can broach all matters of race and culture broach them via the respect his vocation engenders I therefore rose and ascended the stage, an unflappable agrarian, entreating calm. Compose yourselves, please, says I, for all is not as it seems. Really, then, calls out Reverend Haynes, and how does it seem to you, Brother Gray? Well now, says I, let me respond with an anti- with a hypothetical antiphon, i.e., a story that, even if it didn't occur, "'could have occurred, and may thereby offer a real-life lesson. "'The tale of a gentleman called, well, we'll call him Tucker, or Tuck for short. "'Now, one thing you've got to know about this fictional Tuck, "'he loves a bargain. Addicted, you might say. "'Can't pass up a discount even on that which he'll never need. "'But you're allergic to peaches,' says his wife, "'the lovely and long-suffering Margaret.' they were on sale replies he a dollar a pound so i'll take my chances and so it went through the whole of their years together including the day the couple passed the local tanning salon look says tuck spray tans twenty dollars down five dollars from last week quite the bargain Tucker Lewis Cooper, says Margaret, you are not getting a spray tan. You ain't no Hollywood star, and besides, we can't afford it. Nay, Margaret, says Tuck, I can't afford not to. Not at that price. So Margaret rolled her eyes and sighed as Tuck walked through the salon's glass door, emerging half an hour later with his skin a nice presidential orange. You look stupid, said Margaret. I do not, said Tuck. I look like forty-five. And his wife had to admit that, folks on the street, Grant greeted her man with new respect, treating him with deference owing to his newfound resemblance to our great commander-in-chief, Mr. Donald J. Trump. See, said Tuck the next day, as the couple promenaded down the same street, fielding respectful greetings from their fellow-townspeople. "'Twas wisdom led me through that door yesterday, and now I'm the pride of the municipality. And another thing. But with that, he pulled up short in front of the self-same salon, goggle-eyed. "'Look at that,' says Tuck. "'Spray tans, fifteen dollars. Five dollars less than yesterday. Now that's a bargain.' "'Tucker Lewis Cooper,' said Margaret, once again invoking his full moniker, "'Christian Middle and Family. "'You are not getting another,' but it was too late. "'Her husband was already through the door and swiping his credit card, "'intent on an even cheaper treatment than the day before. "'When next his wife saw him, Tuck was a middling bronze, "'and when friends commented on his shade, "'he took to telling them he'd just returned from a Caribbean cruise.' Fancies and reveries, scolded Margaret, but at least you got it out of your system, this bargain mania. An assertion that proved untrue when, next day, Tuck and Margaret passed the salon yet again, with the young man noting that the spray tans were now a mere ten dollars. Ten dollars, cried Tuck, who could have foreseen this event? Not I! but his wife would indulge no further epidermal adjustments and threw herself across the salon door it would be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for you to breach this entrance said she and that's a fact "'But that Tuck, he was a man obsessed, and cantered round the other side of the building, "'where he banged on the locked-back portal. "'The proprietress, Miss Rose, swung wide the door, there to find her customer of the "'previous two days, begging Ingress, that he might take advantage of the newly lowered "'price. "'So it was that Tuck greeted his missus shortly thereafter, sporting a mahogany bark.' "'You best wear bright colors at night,' said she, "'lest you be struck by an automobile.' "'And that was all she said for the rest of the day. "'Now, considering her vexation, "'you'd have expected dear Margaret to have balked "'at still another stroll down the path of temptation. "'But comes day four, "'and husband and wife are traversing the same thoroughfare.' Perhaps the poor gal thought Tuck could not possibly bear another onslaught of chemicals, that his flesh had become so impregnated with tanning ingredients, body and mind would reject additional variants. Or maybe she imagined that the salon's prices could go no lower. Whatever her thinking, when she saw the sign in Miss Rose's window, ''Spray tans, five dollars,'' she wept right there on the street.'' Oh, husband, sobbed she, if you patronize that establishment one more time, I will go home to mother. Your mother lives with us, he reminded her, and besides, any woman who fails to appreciate a bargain is not a fit mother for my future children. And with that, Tuck underwent his fourth spray tan in his many days. Now, I won't say the fellow is dark— "'But afterwards, as he strode down the sidewalk, "'some folks regaled him with a sincere happy Kwanzaa, "'while others asked Margaret if the gentleman at her elbow was following her. "'It was only on the fifth day that Tuck's Mrs. breathed a sigh of relief, "'for as they passed the salon on their way to church, "'a sign in the window read, "'Gone out of business. "'Seems Miss Rose had dropped her prices so low she couldn't pay the rent.' Margaret's delight was matched only by her husband's peevishness, for clearly he had anticipated another spray tan at $2.50. My story ended. I queried the audience. Ladies and gentlemen, said I, of what crime was Tuck guilty? Racial insensitivity, as evidenced by the color of his skin, or over-tanning, consequent to the allure of bargains? If the former... Then you must find fault with Lyle's appearance and hurl invective, but if the latter, then you must be tolerant of Lyle's aspect, for he will have no more violated the mores of racial tolerance than a man seeking bargains, perhaps too many of them, at Miss Rose's salon. Well, the audience descanted at length, until the good Reverend Haines declared. "'Farmer Gray, if, as you assert, this man is guilty not of racial appropriation, but of extreme cosmesis, then we will quieten our objections with no further obstruction of his performance. We're most grateful, Reverend,' said I, and with that I took my seat, confident that we had forborne the scourge of intolerance. That is, until Lyle began to sing, for his chosen number was Darktown Strutter's Ball.' Put a bit of a pin in my thesis, I guess, and audience reaction was again not wholly positive. Oh well, play me out, Zeke. <laughs>